your show. You bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so do enjoy those on us. Uh, That is, again, freetalklive.com. As always, lots to talk about. Your calls are primary if you make them. We will start things out with an update on the Wesley Snipes case. Mark, you have the details on this? I do, I do. Uh, we talked about it briefly last night, and I guess we'll, we'll pick up the ball here. It looks like the jury has made a decision. Yes. Uh, from the New York Times, Ocala, Florida. The actor Wesley Snipes was acquitted of the most serious charges against him on Friday in the uh, most prominent tax prosecution case since Leona Helmsley, the billionaire hotelier, was convicted of tax fraud in 1989. Snipes was found not guilty on two felony charges of fraud and conspiracy. He was also acquitted on three misdemeanor um, acquitted on three misdemeanor charges of failing to file tax returns or pay taxes, but was convicted on three others. So he got convicted huh. of three um, failure to uh, you know files, and then got acquitted of three. Not sure why. Interesting. Mr. Snipes had become an unlikely public face for the tax denier movement, whose members maintain that Americans are not ob- obliged to pay uh, income taxes and that the government extracts taxes from its citizens illegally. Two co-defendants, Eddie Ray Kahn, a promoter of tax denial, and uh, Douglas Rosiel, a uh, disbarred accountant, were convicted on separate felony counts. The verdict- so they got the tax fraud and conspiracy convictions, yeah. while Snipes did not. Yes, now, that's because they were the ones that were actually preparing his taxes, right. as I understand right. it. I, I, I guess uh, Wesley got away with a, uh, you know, saying, I didn't know what was going on. Mm. I, I was railroaded by these two shysters. So this is no victory uh, for tax deniers everywhere. Um, this is just It's a not a victory, but it's certainly not a resounding defeat either, necessarily. No, no it's not. Um, but, you know, he's a... He's a uh, a famous face sitting in front of a jury, I assume. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and it's going, I, look, I'm an actor. I'm not a, uh, you know, an accountant. These guys filed my taxes for me. They told me a bunch of stuff. Where am I supposed to get this information from? But, but from the guy who's filing my taxes. Right. There you go. That's what happened. So that's it? Well, I, I can go on. Oh, no. I guess that's, that's about the, uh, the story here. Uh, so there you go. So he was convicted of three misdemeanor counts of failing to file a tax return. And it brings me right back to to my same old point, that is that where was the obligation created? I mean, the IRS claims that you have some obligation to file a tax return. Obviously, they're convicting Snipes. He's facing, by the way, up to three years in prison still on those three convictions. So uh, we don't know what the the sentence is going to be yet. I guess that's up to the judge's discretion. On these misdemeanors? Yeah. Uh, They could be as much as long as... Up to three years. Yeah, it could be up to three years. Yeah. Uh, I doubt it's going to be that. So... I'd love to to have the government actually explain, if there is an obligation, how it was created. I mean, it's never been done. They won't answer questions about the uh, the uh, the income tax. Well, when they when you're talking about issues of law, they're not talking about issues of morals or logical progression or anything like that. They're just talking about, look, it's the law, citizen. And you go to jail for breaking the law. Right. We, it's very simple as far as the, um, they're saying. We say you must do this, and so therefore you must do it. I mean, it, it, there's no logical progression behind it. You're right. Well, uh, we, it's just arbitrary, and it's them basically saying that you are fa- you're failing. I mean, let's let's reword this charge. He was convicted of failure to file tax returns, uh, but really it was failure to be a slave. Right. right? Uh, the 13th Amendment says neither slave nor involuntary servitude, except for punishment of crime, um, shall be shall exist within the United States. And 
is as far as it goes, I have to fill out that return. Or else you'll face up to three years or a year in prison for each As uh, far account. as I'm concerned, that's involuntary servitude. That's in the case in my case of filling out taxes, it's it's a, a week's work for my wife. Um, you know, she's she's a uh, involuntary accountant for mm-hmm. one week out of the year. We have to give this time to the government. And when I say right. week, I mean I I mean she puts in like forty hours. On right. It. That's after she gets off of work because she doesn't take off a week from work to go and fill this out. So that's after she's done with her eight hour work day. She comes home. Oh, and, she doesn't work eight hours. <laughs> well, whatever. Right. But uh, every, most people, other people work do. at least eight hours a day. Uh, she gets home with her work from her work day, and she has to sit down and slave away over these tax forms. So that's time you could have been spending together. You're going to be having a baby soon. That's time you could have been spending with uh, with little Jack. All of this thrown down the drain because the government is threatening you with jail time uh, if you don't fill out their forms and do their paperwork. And, of course, if you make a mistake in the process of filling out one of their forms, oh, heaven forbid you make a mistake, then you're looking at five years in prison for, uh, what is that, conspiracy? What's the charge there? Hmm. I don't know. They've got. A, I'm sure they've got a handful of charges yeah. they could throw at you in that case. But uh, you better be careful and make sure that you fill out our forms correctly, or else. Uh, so it's really just, it's just insane. I mean, these it's slavery. If you're doing work and you're not being compensated for it, and you didn't volunteer into it in the first place, if you didn't say, yeah, I don't mind filling out these forms. Sure, I'll fill these out for the rest of my life. No problem. I'll spend hours and hours and hours doing all this for no compensation whatsoever. Uh, yep, not a problem for the rest of my life. Okay, sure. If you'd done that, well, then maybe the IRS would have a leg to stand on. But no one's ever done that. No one has ever done, at least no one that I know, mm. has ever done anything like that. And I'd love to hear from you uh, your thoughts on this case, on the future of the tax freedom movement, That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, And, of course, you can also bring up whatever you want. But, you know, know, I always have that question out there for you to answer is how the obligation was created. Because I'm sorry, you are living in a fantasy land if you believe that a bunch of men and women can go and sit in a room together somewhere, write something down on a piece of paper, and create an obligation upon me to do something for them. That's basically what happened, isn't it? Some bureaucrats, uh, elected officials, got together back in 1913, before I was even the, a glint in my grandparents' eyes. They got together back in 1913 and said, all right, we're going to create this tax system. And they wrote up all the regulations, and none of us have ever actually read these things. Of no, course. Who could? Uh, they wrote up all these regulations, and then they decided that everyone in America would have to abide by them or obey them. And that's just fantasy. I mean, that's just as ludicrous as me and you getting together, Mark, and writing up some rules to say all the radio stations in America must carry Free Talk Live because we're in a room and we wrote it down on a piece of paper and signed our names to it. Oh, but there are not 535 of us. Apparently 535 is the magic number that makes things binding. Is that right? No, wait, because you don't need all 535. You need uh, a majority of them. So, I don't know, 300. 300 people. If 300 people get together and agree on something, then that binds every single, all 300 million Americans. That's what it takes, huh? I mean, is this nutty, or is it just me? 
you know, it's I, nuts. I, I, I don't want to. I don't generally attack these problems from philosophical standpoints like you, you have do. to. Well, no, you don't. Um, you can attack it from a practical standpoint. The fact is that the government taxes in order to run its programs. Its programs are inefficient every single time. You tell me one program that's out there that not to mention inefficient does its job and does it properly. I don't care efficiently. It, yes, I understand it's inefficient, but it's also wrong what they're doing. It's morally wrong as well in that they're harming other people. Government is taking your money, they're taking your tax dollars, and using it to blow up innocent people around the world in various different countries. Government's taking your tax dollars and using it to put marijuana smokers in prison cells. They're taking your tax dollars and spending them prosecuting people like Wesley Snipes, who just wanted to keep the money that he earned. I don't agree with that sort of behavior. And so how should I be, why should I be forced to subsidize that? So there's that aspect to it as well. There's the moral standpoint. Would love your thoughts. 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls about anything. It's Cameron in Philadelphia. You're on Free Talk Live. Cameron. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, well, I know you guys aren't huge sports guys, but uh, have you heard about uh, the U.S. Senate and Arlen Specter today? No. What's what's going on? Uh, well, I, I don't know. You guys are in New Hampshire. Maybe you follow the New England Patriots to an extent, but you know how they got in trouble early in the NFL season for allegedly videotaping the other teams? Yeah. Well, not allegedly. Well, they did. They did it. Right, they did. And I, I'm a Patriots fan, but I, I understand they did it, and they should get in trouble. Uh, well, apparently now, Senator Orlin Specter, who's a senator from Pennsylvania, has contacted the commissioner of the NFL, and he has demanded an ex- used his office as to demand an explanation as to why additional evidence that was given to the commissioner commissioner's office was destroyed. And the commissioner said, well, you know, it wasn't really anything important. We discovered that they had some tapes. We just didn't want him to use it again. You know, whatever, we destroyed it. Where is Arlen Specter uh, a senator from? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I wonder if he's uh, a he is, Giants fan. He is admittedly an Eagles fan, actually. Okay. Uh, and he has said that he believes the Patriots may have cheated against the Eagles in the Super Bowl in 2005. Are you suggesting he wants to get the government involved in this? Yeah. He, uh, he not just suggested. More on the way. Hang on. We'll bring you back for okay. more. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. It is your show. And you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, just go and get them for free right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. That's freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents. It's fast and easy. You can create a will or a living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com, you can use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. All right, we go back to the phones and to the phone. Cameron is on the line in Philadelphia. Now, Cameron, you're telling us that apparently the beginning of the football season this year, the New England Patriots were caught for videotaping their opposing teams. Uh, yeah, they were caught filming the defensive signal. So uh, when the coach would give the signal on the sideline to the players on the field on the other team, they would they would videotape that and take it back into the to the locker room and and watch it. So the next time that they played them, they knew what they were doing. In hopes of deciphering what the signal was, um, you know, versus the play that was yeah. going on. So if he scratches his nose and they do a flea flicker, then they know that nose scratches means flea flicker. Exactly, and apparently it's not. Not videotaping it, but apparently coaches have been stealing signals for years. Not that I'm defending cheating or anything, but 
you know, it happens, they got caught, and, you know, the league dealt with it. Right. Now, uh, well, you know, the difference between videotaping and sending up uh, some guy who's an expert in plays and that kind of thing to watch somebody, you know, watch their offensive line, I, don't, I just don't see... They they can't catch that. I'm just some guy, right. and I happen yeah. to know what this play is that's going on out there, and I certainly don't. Um, but when, one of these plays that's going on, and I see the the guy had scratched his nose, and it's a flea flicker, then I know I write down on my little pad, flea flicker, no scratch. Right, exactly. That seems legitimate to me, but you're saying that uh, this Arlen Specter character, who is a, uh, what, a senator from your state? He's, he's the senator from, uh, one of the two senators from Pennsylvania, um, and he... Uh, I'm not sure if this has anything to do with it. He's a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and the Patriots beat him in the Super Bowl uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. But he has sent two letters to the commissioner of the NFL asking him why some of the leftover evidence after the whole thing was taken care of, why it was destroyed. Because uh, the, the whole thing me, was taken care of, Jack Ball. I mean, what is it? What did they much. But now it's got even worse. Now our inspector has said that because of the uh, NFL's antitrust exemption, which... Uh, it enjoys from the U.S. government because the government thinks it has the power to give that, uh, that this has become a national, a matter of the U.S. Congress and a, and a national matter, and that the NFL Hold on be a the second. Only one to Wait a minute. What Antitrust they... exemption? What does that yes, mean? The NFL is given an exemption from it. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, now, hold on. There's, there was the USFL and there was. Uh, XFL. You know, XFL, and uh, the one that they played indoors, arena football. Yeah, that still goes mm-hmm. on. So there was football being played. What's their exemption? Uh, I get. I don't. I don't quite. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't quite know the details of it. I know Major League Baseball has the same thing. I guess. But somehow, because uh, they're a league and they they have all of the t- the NFL teams and in that league that they've you know that they could be in trouble much. for um, trust violations of it, some sort. Exactly. Very confusing. So you're saying that now because they have some sort of special agreement with the government, the government's going to come in. And... Yeah, our inspector has actually come out now and said that. At some point, he will require the commissioner to appear in front of him and ask him about the videotaping incident. Wow. Uh, and then he, he said something to the effect of, uh, I see if I, I can't find the quote right now, but it was like, well, we, you know, we, we do have the antitrust exemption, so we have a hand in this. Um, you know, if there's one thing I always counted on the government staying out of, at least it would be sports. But, I mean, I guess the steroids thing, you know, with yeah. baseball, now this shows that they, they don't even want to stay out of that. Yeah, well, you're right. I, I think that uh, I think that what uh, that New England pa- Patriots did was probably a bad thing. It certainly sullied, no, it terrible, it, I know. It, it sullied this particular year um, that they could have, you know, that they would have still likely, in, in my opinion, won all their games and uh, beat mm-hmm. the greasy uh, uh, Dolphins and all that good stuff. But... Um, I, I don't. We don't need the government in this. However, I do exactly. think I think that people are going to uh, really like this. They um, some people are going to be. It's it's going to be big news in the sports world, and mm-hmm. big news is good news. Um, some people are going to be against the Patriots. Are going to say, "Yay, let's drag that commissioner up there and ask oh, him geez. a whole bunch of questions." And that's how sports fans. But can this be. is the NFL commissioner. This is the head of the whole league. Yeah, the, right? the, the, I mean, the, the head of the entire league. The main the main guy. Yeah. So okay. You know what? These people in the the sports world should not be surprised at this point. I mean, if they at some point manage to lobby the government to get some sort of antitrust <laughs> exemption, I still don't know really what that means, but I do know one thing. I know a lot of sports teams on a local basis are buddy-buddy with uh, their city and county governments oh, in yeah, that uh, they need to build a new stadium. They go to the government and, and uh, fleece the taxpayers for their new stadium. So, you know, you start getting into bed with the government, eventually... It's going to turn around on you, and they're going to try to regulate your business, and they're going to try to control the way you do business. It's true. It, it, unfortunately, I mean, well, yeah, I love sports. I, you know, I love going to watch games, but you know, 
they're using the, the taxpayers' money to build the stadiums. Of course, eventually it's going to come back and bite them. They're going to get involved when you don't want them to get yep, involved. Here you yeah. go. But what could the NFL have done in this particular circumstance? They aren't a uh, monopoly on football. We've we've shown that we, we, we've just talked about the USFL, the XFL, and the arena football. Um, they are not a monopoly. Um, they you know people the 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 teams want to compete in this league because that's the big league. Um, you know they the no fun league mm-hmm. is is the one where you know all the teams want to compete. Mm-hmm. So. The I, I, what could the NFL have done in order to have not been affected by this silly antitrust laws, the, the silly antitrust laws that we have in this country, but still have uh, you know not have bowed to the government? I mean, I understand that the, many of the teams are getting their uh, stadiums paid for, and they're they're happy to do that. Right, but what right. could they have done? It seems to me that that's all they really, you know, they they did what they could. Well, do. I can't comment because I don't know what the deal is with this uh, exemption. Yeah, that I, they I have. don't know the particulars either. I know, you know, just as much as you do. But beyond that, I don't know what the particulars of the deal is. But I know every time that, uh, you know, I know as far as the NFL, every time you know, there's like something to do with the union. Or something to do with uh, paying the network. Someone brings up this antitrust exemption, and you know, comes in as some kind of scary thing that no one wants to have to deal with. You know, and the government. So this is not apparently not the first time. Apparently, other issues with the NFL. They've threatened yep. to revoke it if the NFL hasn't bowed to their will. I guess well, I don't know. They made the bed. Now they can lay in it, dude. Thanks exactly. for the call tonight. We appreciate it, Cameron. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's hard to go to the. You know, it's hard to run to the defense of an organization that is. Buddy buddy with the state, you know. Okay. Well, it's it. How buddy buddy is it? I think that they would like to be buddy left buddy alone. enough to have million dollar, multi million dollar stadiums built for that's them. That's not the organization. That's not the NFL as much as it is the individual teams. Whatever. I, the, certainly the NFL benefits from it, and I'll give you all that. But um, you know, it's the individual teams that get their deals wrought with the local government. Well, if some other sports... And it's the local... It's the national government. The, the national government and the NFL have... You know, the, the NFL's never gotten anything from them that I know of. Besides this exemption, whatever that's all about. Well, yeah, but the exemption from what? A I don't really know. crappy law. The, the antitrust laws, as, uh, as you'll agree, are bad laws that uh, say that you can't have a monopoly in a certain area, which, uh, you know, is, is silly. There's, there's no monopolies out there that exist yeah. inside the marketplace. The only monopolies are given by the government. Yeah, um, but what did they do to get that exemption? That's what I want to know. I, the, Look, I I, maybe they were I, popular, I would assume. The law is, is dumb and all, but uh, there's obviously some sort of political wrangling that went on in order to exempt them. There was some lobbying that went on. So if you're a sports fan or an NFL fan and you can answer that question as to what the history is there, we'd love to hear from you. We go, uh, Actually, we'll go to the amp line here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Also on the way, a government bureaucrat has emailed the show to call us out and defend his job. We'll get into that and take your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. And also on the way tonight, uh, some really just crazy uh, stories. Uh, One of them having to do with high school. We'll get to that. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. 
That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features we give away. The wiki included over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com as we go to your phone calls. Kurt is on the line on the amp line. Hey, Kurt, in Michigan. How are you guys tonight? And Julia, if you're there. She is not here tonight, unfortunately. Uh, She is working elsewhere. But what's on your mind? Well, um, before I really get to my main topic, which would be uh, the heir apparent to Ron Paul, I'm just wondering what's happening at LibertyDollar.org because I've been trying to call and email and I haven't been getting any responses or answers to my call, and my emails are being returned to me undeliverable. How long um, have how long has this been going on? For the last week. Okay, uh, I talked to Bernard. Uh, I got a, a telephone message from him um, uh, t- yesterday or the day before, and also uh, was in correspondence with him uh, via email that same day. So that doesn't really answer his question as to why he's been getting bounces. I don't know, um, but I can tell you that, uh, you know, as of two days ago, Bernard wasn't in jail. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm looking to really invest. I want to move my the money we're saving for a house. I want to save. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I don't want it to be eaten away by this hyperinflation we're going to be going through. And I'd like to, you know, convert it. Sure. Well, I mean, obviously there are other options out there for you um, if they aren't getting back to you. I understand that they only have one employee right now uh, based on – that's me based, basing uh, what I uh, know on his latest email that he sent out. Uh, what, what email address are you sending things to? To uh, Well, it, it's off of I, – I linked to it right from their page. I think it's info at libertydollar.org. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe try Bernard or Bernard rather, B-E-R-N-A-R-D. Uh, maybe okay. try uh, Sarah. I believe Sarah is his only remaining employee there. So try okay. that and and good luck, man. Um, I would I would much rather invest with them. People who have liberty at their heart are people that I want to help promote. That totally makes sense. And and I I, I just wish you the best of luck there because I understand they're probably burdened by a whole bunch of orders. I can only imagine how many phone calls they've gotten or how many orders they've received as they've launched their new 2008 Liberty Dollar. So they're probably just backlogged and it's. Okay. I would imagine they're just trying to just process through it all. So your point okay. about Ron Paul, sir? Well, I was wondering. I've got I've got kind of a question and a question within that question. The question would be is uh, uh, who would be the heir apparent to Ron Paul? And within that question, how do you get elected to either the Senate or the Congress while you're promising to not bring home the bacon? That's a great question. I mean, you'd have to ask Ron Paul that because he's he's managed to pull it off successfully. What ten terms? Well, he, must in be, he must be in a district that just has an understanding of what liberty is. I'm not and sure that's, that's entirely true, but okay. Some 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 understanding. Well, understanding enough to elect him. And while keep not bring home the bacon. Yep. Well, I wouldn't know how to find one of those uh, those areas unless you were in New Hampshire. Yeah, I was going to say, New Hampshire would seem to be uh, your best chances of finding those areas. Uh, at least here in New Hampshire, the districts are very, very small uh, in comparison well, to... Well, not for U.S. House of Representatives. Okay, not They're for half, the House. Half of the state, both of them. Okay, good point. I was thinking of the New Hampshire uh, state. Right. Uh, state so they got Congress. 535 people, you know, or 534, who hate liberty against the one who doesn't. How do we how do we change those odds? How do we get people elected? 
That's a great question. I don't have an answer for you. I mean, it's the, the Libertarian Party has been trying to elect people for the last three decades and has generally failed. Uh, they've managed to elect a few city council members and I think maybe one or two in the last 30 years, maybe one or two representatives, U.S. House representatives. But uh, that's – no, no, sorry, not U.S. House. That's only State House. So they've been very limited uh, in their success at electing State House representatives. So this is a very difficult process that you're talking about, and I think we're all still learning how to do that. I don't think there is any uh, pat solution. But if you've got ideas, I'd love to have you answer Kurt's question at 800-259-9231. I think that now, certainly more than ever, we have better chances as a result of the Internet, as a result of the uh, the Ron Paul revolution and the ground swell of uh, supporters that have come up as a result of his campaign. If we can capitalize on uh, capitalize that on into the future, I think that could be helpful. And I think, again, focusing our efforts all in one place is going to be a critical aspect to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the tricks and, that Ron Paul makes is uh, does is you know he he sort of passes on the earmarks that uh, his constituents ask for, and then he votes against the budget in which those earmarks are. Um, so I mean he's he is bringing you know bringing bacon back to his uh, constituents in some ways. Hmm. Interesting. There you go, well, Kurt. I, Any other well, thoughts? Uh, only that those people who are listening to my voice right now, if you are not an amplifier, please consider becoming one. Because this is the this is the best radio on radio with the most intelligent audience, and and I, I can't see it not surviving. So well, thank you. We've made it this far. I think we're going to keep going. Thanks, Kurt, for the thank call you. tonight. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Those earmarks, Mark. Um, I don't know, Ron Paul. I thought that was a different situation than what you just described, but I guess it. I, I that's the way I understand it. I could be wrong. Well, either way, bringing home the bacon I don't think is a very accurate uh, term necessarily because having government politically hand out taxpayer dollars I wouldn't call bringing home the bacon necessarily because you and I don't benefit from that. Only certain individuals who are running whatever their programs are are going to benefit from that. Uh, Bringing home the bacon in my mind would be allowing me to keep all my bacon in the damn first place. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking to give some, you know, monkey researcher 500,000 taxpayer dollars or whatever it is that these people are getting or, you know, build a bridge to nowhere, all this pork pork barrel crap that that goes on in Washington, D.C., which that I think is what uh, is what is is getting Ron Paul elected over and over again is his his uh, principle. I mean, people understand that he's a principled guy. Yeah. But the question is, what got him elected in the first place, right? How did he do it the first time? Because the second time, he could point to his record and say, see, I did what I said I was going to do. Voted no on everything. So it must have just been the message. It must have just been the message of freedom, uh, selling the benefits of liberty in that, okay, well, if you elect me, then I will vote no on anything unconstitutional. And if enough of people like me get elected, we might be able to pare down the size of government. Uh, We certainly haven't uh, seen the government pare down in its size, but we've definitely seen Ron Paul adhere to his principles and vote no on pretty much everything unconstitutional. So... It's just a matter of getting people to understand the benefits of liberty instead of getting all these promises from politicians. Oh, we'll give you free health care. We'll give you free education. We'll give you free fill in the blank. Uh, instead, telling them, look, your life could be so much better if you were just allowed to keep your money. What would you do if you were able to keep your entire paycheck instead of uh, losing 15 or 20 or 30 percent of it to the federal government? 
Would that increase your standard of living? Of course it would. So sell the benefits. Sell the sizzle, right, as they say in the business. 800-259-9231, isn't that a I think American cliche? taxpayers would love to be able to keep their taxes. Um, you know, the tax system is essentially wealth redistribution, and the vast majority of people get some kind of benefit um, you know, a, you know, dollar for dollar, supposedly dollar for dollar benefit, um, you know, from mostly the rich people. They don't understand that they're uh, that they generally get more in benefit, uh, inefficient government spending, but they get more in benefit than they actually put out. But I don't know where those benefits go and I don't really want those benefits. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to the email box. This one from Murray. He emails in. I listen to your show on a frequent basis now, not because I believe what you say, but more for the shock value. <laughs> we more, are good at that. More for the same reasons people slow down while driving by a messy car wreck. To be more specific, I'm referring to your ideals about all government employee positions being make-work jobs. And by the way, we didn't uh, we didn't give any caveats when we talked about this. I think it was last night or the night before where we made that blanket statement. And it's not really true. It's not really true in that there are some government jobs that would probably exist in the marketplace, like teacher, for instance, or snowplow guy. Uh, FDA inspector. Well, there would be no FDA, but there could be food inspections. There would sure. be food inspections. More on the way, 800-259-9231. We'll see what else Murray has to say here. He's a bureaucrat, if you haven't guessed yet. We'll get to that here and your calls as well. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there we give away, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Like the show? Want to help us out a little bit? Then become an amplifier, as Kurt in Michigan suggested a few moments ago. Uh, you can send us 3 bucks a month, and we will take that money and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations um, constantly. We're on over 33 stations now from coast to coast. In fact, I just announced a new one via email tonight. It's up on our website. Uh, we'll be saying hello to them starting tomorrow night. They're coming on for Saturdays, but it's an FM talk station, the number one FM talk station in Charleston, South Carolina. So very excited about that. And all of these things are being made possible by listeners like you contributing to the program. You get perks, too, to sweeten the pot a little bit. You get access to the AMP-only call-in line, which is what Kurt was on earlier. Uh, also, the AMP-only chat room and forum are both available for you as a little bit of a extra benefit for signing on with AMP. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. That's Advertise Market Promote, amp.freetalklive.com. Back to the email from the bureaucrat. Murray writes in, he says that uh, he finds our, he's referring to our ideals about all government employee positions being make-work jobs. And I think it was actually you, Mark, that, that made that statement the other night on the show. I, I think that I was uh, paraphrased by a listener on that, but but either way... Um, it's it was inaccurate and I didn't it's call not you on it. Entirely inaccurate. Normally I'm the one that makes blanket statements like that and you call me on it. In this case, you said it and I didn't call you on it. Uh, I should have because not all. Well, let's government... get into it and I'll defend it to some extent. Well, you're going to defend it, okay? Well, I say that not all government bureaucrats are make work. In that some of them would have similar jobs or could have similar jobs in the marketplace. Yep. Teachers, uh, protection like fire uh, firemen, also well. Uh, snowplow people, uh, road maintainers, mm-hmm. those jobs uh, obviously would exist w- in the absence of government. Police of some sort. Now go ahead and make security. your uh, defense. 
Um, these organizations are backed up by uh, unions, generally. Those unions uh, are contracted with the city. The city is a an imaginary organization, a city, town, state, or whatever, is an imaginary organization mm-hmm. that holds me liable for paying them. So I am, uh, you know, de facto uh, slaves to these organizations. Right. Um, they manage to negotiate different uh, deals that don't go to work in the marketplace. Now, they may be getting paid more, I would say in a lot of cases that's true, yeah. than what their jobs are worth. So That's true. That's, to some extent, make work. So for each government position, whether or not they would exist, even the ones that do exist or would exist in the marketplace, like a teacher, they may not be getting paid what their market rate would actually right. be. Take a teacher that's um, you know, working for the public school. Take a teacher that's working for a private school. Look at the pay and the benefits. And in a lot of cases, you'll find out that the teachers at the private schools make less. They're, there they're on, also happier. They're there for principle. They yeah. um, they do generally enjoy their jobs, but they you know usually it's a Christian organized school or something like that, and, mm-hmm. and they're there because they believe in that religion, um, or the you know it's Montessori and they believe in that kind of education, and that's why they're there. The you know the the other teachers they're not getting paid what the market would bear um, you know essentially, so uh, some of them are dissatisfied with their jobs and won't leave because the pay and the benefits are too good. Uh, same with uh, security. When you look at uh, mall security versus a police officer, now yeah, there's some disparities there. But when you're looking at security guards versus police officers, police officers make a lot more money. Um, when you're looking at you're talking uh, about general security guards, yes. If you're talking about like personal bodyguards, then it's uh, probably a different story. When you look at uh, that's true. Um, but uh, have you ever had a police escort as a bodyguard? No. Okay. Then it's not the same. Um, the road maintenance at uh, you know different private organizations, Disney. Um, yeah. You know, there's all kinds of uh, housing communities that have road maintenance and lawn maintenance, and they, you know, lawn maintenance and they do the roads. They're just maintenance, is what they are. When you look at their pay versus what uh, city employees get, there's a disparity. When you look at um, city trash collectors versus private company trash collectors, which isn't exactly fair because a lot of those private companies contract with cities, but when you look at there, there's a disparity. So they're maybe not make work, but they're overpaid. Okay, okay. They're not subject to now, market maybe signals. Now, maybe in some cases, the really good ones would be paid better. Possibly. But there's no, there's we don't no, know. There's no market in, uh, right. you know, signals to tell yeah. that. Well, because the, the term make work See, I'm to a me, salesperson. The market signal is how much I sell. Yeah. It's easy. They, you know, they, they compensate you based on that. There's all kinds of market signals for all kinds of jobs, right. and people would be based, would you know, are their pay is based on market signals, except for bureaucrats. Right. So, so I guess that's what I was trying to say. Right. So bureaucrats, uh, your jobs are completely insulated from market signals, from supply, demand, consumer, uh, consumer signals, the different uh, things that that go on in the marketplace. Uh, whereas the term make work is more, to me, it's it's a, a term. The term make work would describe like recycling. Jobs, where government okay. has created jobs for the sake of creating jobs, or as you described, you know, chopping rocks, picking them up, putting them in another location, and then picking them up, putting them somewhere else. And those sorts of jobs where clearly they wouldn't even exist in the marketplace. That, to me, is a, is a make-work job. So used in an accurate term, and we're sorry about that. Let's continue with Murray's email here. Try to do better in the future, okay? I'm not sure that I use that make-work. I think I agreed with it on a listener. 
Oh, we will try. But okay. To, that's what I meant to say. We will try. It wasn't a, an order. Anyway, uh, he says, I happen to be an appointed civic employee in the building field. I ensure that when buildings are constructed, that the contractors don't cut any corners to save money. For example, I ensure that fire separations in hospitals, casinos, and hotels' apartments are built properly and to code. When a raging fire in an apartment is kept to one residential unit, chances are it's because of the fire and building codes created by our government and enforced by its employees. Okay, um, let me jump in on this. Now, the, the fact that we have fire codes is by no means singly a government function. Do you think that insurance companies that insure these buildings would want those buildings to have fire codes? Do, you know, to have uh, five specifications, eighths, five sure. eighths inch uh, drywall in order to stop fire and you know, whatever, all those other things. Oh, so the insurance companies would benefit and likely say, "Look, we're not going to insure this building of unless yours, it's up to uh, you know, uh, against fire unless you bring it up to our fire yeah. code specifications." Likely, there would be some kind of codified rules there, and you wouldn't have all the really silly rules that go into, uh, you know, uh, sort of building building That mandate that you use certain types of materials that might benefit certain companies? Right. Um, like I, 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 well, there was an instance where I had a guy put a door in my house down in Sarasota, Florida, and it had to have 35 screws in it, and he, uh, apparently, uh, the guy, you know, his employee only put 33, so he had to drive some god-awful distance out there to install two screws in this wow. door, as though the hurricane was going to come through and it really made a difference ha- um, whether there were two less Tapcons <laughs> in this thing. So, um, yeah, those kind of those kind of rules. Right. Um, you, know, you know, but the marketplace would decide. The insurance companies would decide, and then they would send an inspector. The insurance companies would have inspectors. Right, and I could decide for myself, if I wanted to, to go uninsured. I could build, I could take that risk if I wanted to in a free marketplace. If I wanted to go buy a piece of property and build my own shanty on it, which wasn't really up to spec in any way, shape, or form, but I was willing to live in that because... Well, I wanted a really cheap house or whatever the reason would have been, I would be able to do that. But in today's world, with bureaucrats like Murray around, he would come out and demand that I pull permits and demand that I beg the government for permission. And he'd get upset that I wasn't following all their rules and their code. And if I didn't follow his rules, he would uh, probably have my house destroyed. Well, you you certainly would end up having to, you know, you'd have to do something in order to uh, well, they satisfy. You. No, no, if you don't satisfy them, their threat is they will destroy your house. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, they might just destroy it anyway. Because if you've gone through that process and you haven't pulled all those permits and you don't go and after the fact and and retroactively pull the permits, they might not allow you to do that. They might just say you have to raise this thing, and, and that means destroy. And it. the problem there is, what happens if uh, you know there's a, there's a very nice man who's the building inspector in my town um, that I'm dealing with right now, mm-hmm. really cool guy, um, and you know he. What happens if I get into some kind of altercation with this guy? He can make my Targeted. life a living hell right yep. now while I'm building this house. He absolutely can make it terrible. Now, we're relying on this guy to be a good man, and he is. But, um, you know, there's bad men out there in, oh, in Murray's yeah. position, too, and in this man's position. There's, they're out there. Now, in the case of a building inspector working for an insurance company, I could say, you know what? I don't want to deal with your jerk building inspector. I'm going to leave, you know, this insurance company and go to that insurance company. Right. And therefore, I could get treated fairly. What do you do if you um, have an altercation with uh, a building inspector? Now, well, you suck it up or you move and lose all kinds of money. Right. Like like this building inspector um, thing that, you know, Murray's talking about all the really great things that he does. 
I'm sure that that's true. Like, he tries very hard to make sure that these buildings are up to code and that kind of thing. Right. But there's people in your position, Murray, that get paid off. And, you know... It, I'm not saying that would could could um, would entirely be eliminated in the mi- marketplace, but that at the very least it would be the company's problem. Well, right. Then the insurance everyone's. company would have uh, they'd have an actionable claim against their employee in that case, and they wouldn't have an interest. The company itself wouldn't have an interest in taking a payment to allow one of their clients to build unsafely. That's not in their best financial interest at all. So if they found out that one of their employees was taking bribes. There would be hell to pay. Whereas in the government, I don't know. Sovereign immunity. Yep. Murray's protected. There you go. If one of his buildings does burn and all kinds of people die in it that he inspected. No liability. What is Murray's liability? Exactly. 800-259-9231. Murray has a few more thoughts. Hour number two is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com as we roll into hour number, two, uh, hour number two of the program. Continuing an email from last hour from Murray. He's a uh, bureaucrat in Canada, as a matter of fact, and uh, doesn't really this, this section doesn't have anything to do with what came prior. So if you're just tuning in, you're not missing anything. Uh, he's, he's responding to a conversation we had last night on the show in regards to prostitution, specifically teenage prostitution. And uh, he's a little hurt, a little personally hurt by this. He says, furthermore, I have a 14-year-old son in the workplace and a daughter close behind. I would certainly What's hope that... What's that mean, in the workplace? 14-year-old son in the workplace. I guess that means he's working. Okay. Uh, uh, here, I don't think that would be even legal in the United States, but... Uh, right. At, le- at least not in some areas. Right. Uh, I would certainly hope that when she gets old enough to work, which is 14 here in Canada, that prostitution isn't one of the available options. I would sincerely hope not, too. I'm assuming that neither of you are fathers, because if either of you were, your thoughts on allowing a 14, 15-year-old selling her body to grown men for their sexual pleasure would be far from what they are now. Both of you are sick! Well, I never said 14-year-old. No, you said 16 would be okay. I said 16. Now, uh, as far as I'm concerned, if the vast major- a, a good portion of the states here in the United States, and in, in Canada it is 14, um, in, in Canada, a 14-year-old girl can decide legally to have sex, to have sex with a guy of any age, um, Murray. Yep. Uh, so just so you know, it's legal there. But the problem that you have with it apparently is that she can get paid. Yeah, what exactly is sick about that? I mean, if it's legal for a girl that age to have sex, why is it sick for her to get, you know, a few bucks for it? What exactly is sick about right. that? Would why it matter, am I sick? Would because it matter if the guy bought her diamond earrings? Or took her out to an expensive dinner? Uh, you know, bought her a Lamborghini. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, is all we're talking about is price, Murray. So, yeah, what is the sick part? I, you know, if, I, if you ask me, I think Murray's the sick one. Because people that want to outlaw prostitution... 
Well, if you, if, pro, if prostitution's against the law, whether it be for a 30-year-old or a 15-year-old, if prostitution right. is against the law, that means that the the uh, the person who's doing the crime, in this case it's a consensual crime, and that both participants are completely consenting to it, okay? So, if it's a consensual crime, both of the participants are then facing possible jail time. It's not you don't get slapped with a fine for being a prostitute and in most places. Don't forget you the go endanger, to jail. Don't don't forget the endanger of uh, slavery that's uh, put in place. We read two stories last night about uh, girls being. Uh, was it two stories that where they were both enslaved? Or right, was there was a thirteen-year-old girl that was being enslaved yeah. by a thirty-five-year-old police, police officer. officer, somebody who's been entrusted by our government to protect us. Right, a fourteen-year veteran of the the squad, by the way. And then the other story was. Several girls between ages 12 and 16 that were being enslaved by uh, by a teenage gang, and that would be um, you know we discussed it last night. That would be nearly impossible if uh, prostitution were legalized. It just it Absolutely. just would be very unlikely so, to happen. So I and it is currently happening right now. Exactly, Murray. The, and you're proposing it. that the government is protecting us from it, and the government failed. As a matter of fact, it was the government that enslaved this one girl in the form of that police officer. He had the badge of government. He had 14 years of endorsement by the government, and he enslaved that little girl into prostitution, Murray. That's sick. I want to solve this pro- problem of uh, women and girls being enslaved. I'm trying to solve the problem. All you're doing is saying, off with their heads, yep. as though that solution is working. It, it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked until now, and it's and cracking down even harder in the future isn't going to make it work either. And I don't want people that adults, um, you know, consenting adults that uh, decide that they want to exchange uh, services for money. I don't want them put in jail either. Nope. I don't want to pay for that. So I made seems... all these arguments last night, and clearly right. they just slipped right by him. He doesn't care. Right, he because... wants to. He wants to go for the oh, what about the children right, argument, which well, is so lame. Well, he's but well, our position is in favor of the children. Yes, it is. The position of of legalizing prostitution favors young people. Favors and I am young a father, women. by the way, hmm? or will be a father shortly. I have right. a uh, unborn child on the way, Marie. Just so you know. So our position, if legalization happens, then prostitution as an industry will become far safer than it is today. It will no longer be dangerous to the participants, whether the participants be the prostitutes themselves, or the Johns, or the uh, the brothel owners, or whoever it is that's, that's doing business. They will no longer be in danger of uh, g- crossing a gangster, or angering a pimp or getting their, themselves beaten up or whatever the situations are that you see develop in this illegal black market for prostitution, the black market would no longer exist and therefore all the violence and the crookedness that goes along with the black market would disappear. So look, the fact is, Murray, if you really care about teenage girls, if you care about them and all the other women engaged in prostitution, then you must want to legalize it. If not, then you're the sicko, in my opinion. Well, Whether just, or not you agree that p- people want to have sex with, you know, teenage girls, that you you might be able to, you might think those guys are sick, and that's your prerogative. But putting them in a jail cell isn't solving the problem, and putting those teenage girls in a jail cell isn't solving the problem. And I, I just don't understand his position. I think it's just Victorian Puritan thinking to me. I think that's what well, he's he's clearly not, down in. not looking at uh, the arguments that we made. We we you know we we talked about this ad nauseum uh, last night. Uh, you know, we really went over the issue very thoroughly. Absolutely, and it, it, I don't hear any arguments against any of the points we made. All he says is, "You're sick," and that's that's an ad hominem attack. Right. It, it's it's a, it has no consequence. And yep. Murray, 
Do Let's a little better. Listen to the listen to the issues and argue against the points. That's how logic works. Please. But this is what they this is all they have, Mark. You see, the people who are in favor of government intervention, whether it be on prostitution or the war on drugs or regulating business or whatever, whatever the issue is, whenever they come up against the libertarian position, their most frequent response is to attack the messenger. Is an ad hominem attack, is attack against the man, an insult against our, an insult against us personally, because they can't respond to our logic. They can't respond to our position. So get used to it. I mean, this is what happens. When we talk to bureaucrats like this, this is going to be their position. People in favor of the state. Bureaucrats and anybody who supports the state. Anybody and, in favor and its of solutions. Yes. Um, the state, you know, the state has been trying to solve the problem of the oldest profession for a very long time right. and has been failing for that whole time. Right. Talk about unoriginal, Murray. I mean, all you've got in your repertoire is force. That's what government does is it wields force and threats of force against people. And it hasn't solved the problem. It hasn't made prostitution go away. It's just driven it underground and made it dangerous. We would like dangerous to legalize it. Dangerous for all it. of us exactly. because um, of the social diseases that are in play. There you go. You know, if, if it was legal, prostitutes would be able to uh, get certified as being, you know, undiseased and uh, therefore... You know, people would be able to weigh one prostitute against another and say, well, I'd like to go to the one that's certified. Thanks. Not only that, it'd be off the streets, too. There'd be no more street hookers if prostitution were legal because they'd be competed out of business by the people that actually had bedrooms that they could, you know, have you come to. They were running real brothels. You could run a brothel out of your house if you wanted to and, and, and have things relatively quiet. You wouldn't be drawing attention to yourself by having you know, awful-looking women uh, tramping, uh, tramping around throughout the, the streets. Uh, street prostitutes, in fact, today of compromise uh, estimated only 15% of prostitution. Most prostitutes are in-call and out-call girls who cost a little bit more, but they will come to your place of business or they'll come to your home or you can come to where they are and you do your business there and get the, you know, the job done and pay them and you leave. Most of that's completely invisible. The most visible parts of the prostitution world exist only because it's a black market and because these girls are hooked on drugs, most of them, and so they hit the streets at night to try to turn a few tricks in order to buy a crack rock at the end of the night so they can get high. That's why most of those girls are on the streets. The girls that are doing in-call and out-call work... They wouldn't work, have to do it, by the way, if drugs were legalized. That's another factor. Um, the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the fact is that alcohol is, uh, you know, alcohol's addictive for many people. I don't know if everybody, but I think um, likely to some extent it is to, mm-hmm. for, for many people. And um, you don't see any alcoholics out there selling their bodies in order to get a, a fifth. Nope. That's because it's cheap. Why is it cheap? Because it's legalish. Um, it's licensed and all that other stuff, and it would be cheaper if they, we didn't have all these uh, taxes and licenses that go on it. But you don't see people having to prostitute themselves. They do have to prostitute themselves for cocaine. Cocaine isn't by, in and of itself intrinsically expensive. It's expensive because of the black market and the danger of going to prison and all the middlemen that it has to go through because of that. its illegality. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Elliot's on the line in Ohio getting to his call here about the prostitution issue. Your calls as well about whatever you want. If you want to take Murray's position that it's sick... To allow people the freedom to choose for themselves how to spend their lives and how to do business. I'd love to hear you. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. 
Get on the updates list, and we'll let you know whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it for free, of course. That's updates.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check, check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. To the phones and the fun. Elliot in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Elliot dropped. Hello. Elliot is gone. Okay. 1-800-259-9231. So then we will move on. Murray's email is finished. Uh, we go instead to... The high schools of America. In this particular case, it is thecitizen.com reporting on Fayette County. Not quite sure which state that's in, but it doesn't really matter. This could be happening at your local high school. If you attend Fayette County High School these days, you'll have to develop a strong bladder. That's because officials have locked down all but one bathroom while classes are in session. That's right, one bathroom. To serve the entire campus of more than 1,300 students. I've got to hear why this is. You know, public schools just sicken me in this crap. Now now the kids aren't even responsible enough to decide when they can use the bathroom. After the class bells rang, uh, or ring rather, any student needing to answer a call of nature must first trek to the school office, ask permission, and then wait for officials to issue a key to the visitor's restroom. How much money... Are, we, are they spending on bureaucrats to, precisely when the bell rings, click, 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 bathrooms lock all over the campus? Oh, I don't know. Mark, they're not spending any extra money. I mean, the, the janitors are getting paid a salary, so... I don't think there were that many janitors at my school. I mean, I suppose one guy could go around and do it, but he wouldn't be certainly doing it right at the, when the bell rings. Well, it's, it's a high school, so, I mean, there's only so many bathrooms there in the first place. It's not like they're in every single room of the schoolhouse. Well, it's not like elementary school where there's one bathroom per room. My high school uh, had, room. what, 1,600 students, and it must have had seven men's bathrooms. That means 14 total bathrooms. I don't know. I, we're we're jumping to a conclusion on uh, when the, the bathrooms are locked. I mean, they might just be locked all the time now, and they, they might just be... No, that can't. Saying after the class bells ring for no, effect. No. They, 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 that doesn't make any sense at all, Ian. They would absolutely have to be open during, uh, you know, between classes. That doesn't mm. make any sense at all. No way. Okay, well, we continue here. Uh, school spokes bureaucrat Melinda Barry Dreisbach confirmed this week that a new bathroom policy is in place at the school. The policy is apparently in response to an arrest January 3rd of a student at the Fayette County High School for participating in a beat-down gang initiation in a school bathroom on November 1st, according to police reports. The new policy mandates that if a student has to go to the bathroom after any class has started... Okay, you are right, then. It is uh, apparently only during class time, Mark. I can't imagine that it, I could possibly be wrong on that. The student, you know, probably it is, uh, Mark, it's probably the case that uh, each of the uh, the bathrooms will be essentially, there'll be like one department head that will be in charge of locking the bathrooms. So they'll know that at the, the start of each class they have to go out and do that. That makes sense. The new policy mandates if the student has to go to the bathroom after the class has started, student has to tell, excuse me, head to the office and obtain a key to the visitor's bathroom. Now, remember, that means that he has to ask permission from his teacher first. So you have to ask permission from the teacher first, then go all the way to the office, however far that might be away from your class, ask permission from them to go to the bathroom, acquire the key to the bathroom, Go to the bathroom, return, return the key. I mean, how much class time is missed? Yeah. Much, uh, you know, this important education that they're being right. imparted, uh, it's, it's being missed. Uh, the added, it says here that 
The bathrooms near the classrooms are locked and open only during the time that students change classes, but the added bathroom's availability is dependent on teachers with keys opening the restrooms during the short breaks between classes. It's not a district-wide policy, said the spokesbureaucrat, but something the administration felt was needed to maintain the safety of the students. So what was this arrest? I didn't quite get that. There was a beatdown, a gang initiation beatdown that apparently occurred in a school bathroom. Okay. Someone got beat up. Okay. Uh, certainly not the first uh, uh, fight that's ever gone in, in a, a bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. Or on a school campus. I mean, right. as one of the uh, students comments, I believe in the comments section afterwards, one of the students comments and says, what, you think this is going to stop gang fights? Yeah. <laughs> They'll just have their fight somewhere else on campus. What a surprise. She added that other schools around the area have also implemented the policy, so this isn't something new the school system created. See how it works? What happens is government bureaucrats come up with some absurd new rule, and they implement it to very little fanfare usually, or you know maybe a, a handful of upset parents, but the parents know they can't do anything about it, so the new rule goes into effect, and then they spread it by using the old one, the old rule, as an example. They say, well, we did this before, and we're just doing it here now. That's no problem. This is how bad ideas spread amongst uh, the bureaucrats and these uh, government bureaucracies. She said uh, the students at the high school aren't happy, and they've sent in free speech items to the citizen voicing their displeasure. Uh, One student writes, uh, here he is, in fact, I think you'll find most students want to use the bathroom for its intended purposes. A few fools shouldn't ruin it for the rest of us. For goodness sakes... But that's how public school works. Right. For goodness sakes, it was only one incident. Bathroom uh, Bathroom gang fights don't happen every day or even every month. There's no reason to take such harsh measures for an isolated incident. And besides, what's to stop the gangs from finding other places to fight on campus? What if a gang fight occurred in the commons area? Should we lock that down too, wrote one student. Barry Dreisbach, the bureaucrat, says the system realizes it's an inconvenience, but the system maintains a priority on student safety, and this was a measure that needed to be put in the pr- into place. It's necessary, Mark. Yeah. That's their, one of their favorite words. Whenever government is trying to justify a new intrusion upon your liberty, they always use the term, well, we're sorry, citizens, but it was necessary. You do want to be safe, don't you? Writers at the Citizen said the policy isn't being carried out correctly. Uh, Writers to the Citizen, quote, what a mistake. I went to the bathroom that was located nearest to the class I was just in. The door was locked. I stood there and waited for two minutes, but no one came to unlock it. So I decided I would try a different bathroom downstairs, which would be closest to my next class. It was locked as well. So I just decided to forego it and go to my locker. As I walked by the restroom while walking to my next class, I finally saw a teacher unlock it right when the two-minute bell rang. If I'd gone then, I would have been late for class. How can these teachers expect us to go to the bathroom between classes when half of the time the teachers themselves are too lazy and or irresponsible to unlock them? This rule is unnecessary and absurd and should be repealed. It creates more problems than it solves and reflects poorly on the administrators who thought of it. I'm actually pleased there are such intelligent responses coming out of America's high schoolers in this case. So the teachers are dropping the ball on unlocking the bathrooms. It's their new responsibility well, to get up from their butts and walk out and unlock a door once, uh, you know, once a period. But now they can't even do that. Well, I, I understand why people would forget with a new policy. You know, there's going to be some, oh, oh, yeah, I was supposed to go do that. But they won't get in trouble. No, if they don't. Nothing's going to happen. Right. You know, Just inconvenience I, some kids. I think they'll get better at it as time goes by. Um, they'll get feedback from the kids. Hey, I need to use the bathroom. It's your job to unlock this bathroom, please. Right. Well, the fact is, the uh, th- these government rules are completely arbitrary. 
They're in many cases totally absurd, and yet all absurd. of these all of these kids have to obey. And they can't <laughs> they can't pee without permission now. Mm. Doesn't that just say outrageous to you? 800-259-9231. If you're in favor of this rule, would love to hear from you tonight. The SACL CAI line is open for you at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, but the madness continues. Junk food. We'll talk about that coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both there for you. Enjoy them. Freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Absurd rules at a a particular high school in Fayette County. Uh, Not sure what state, but I'm sure there's only so many Fayette counties. But, But the point of this discussion is this could be happening anywhere. All government high schools behave in the same arbitrary manner. It's just up to their individual bureaucrats how arbitrary they're going to be behaving. What particular silly rule they come up with. Right. What new absurdities. In this case, the rule is that uh, kids... During class, that want to go to the bathroom now can no longer just go to the bathroom, which is how it was when I was in high school. You could just leave class and go to the bathroom and but come back. You'd have to ask permission from the teacher. Usually, depending on who the teacher was, but yeah, usually you would. And, but, uh, uh, my high school, they, they sort of vacillated between requiring you to have a hall pass and not. Um, Never had those. They had hall passes, and then they'd decide whether or not, uh, you know, that particular time they were going to enforce it. Then some teachers would, uh, instead of, you know, some teachers would create sort of these hall passes of their own, like these wooden objects that you'd carry and say hall pass Mm -hmm. on it. Um, And then you could bring it back when you'd use the bathroom. But then, uh, you know, they'd crack down and say, you must fill out a green hall pass. Uh, one uh, resourceful teacher took a, uh, uh, you know, sort of made a green hall pass plaque, took, uh-huh. a, took a hall pass, smacked it down on there, screwed it in in all four corners uh, with uh, some plexiglass over it, and then, you know, there was the uh, hall pass. So they didn't have to write out every single Every time. time. Yeah. Uh, so what they're doing is they're forcing kids to, they get have to get permission to leave class, then they have to go all the way to the office, ask permission to go to the bathroom, get the key to the bathroom from the office, Go to the visitor's bathroom when they're done, return the key, and then go back to class. Some of the comments on this story from The Citizen, which is one of their, I believe it's their newspaper in the area, thecitizen.com. Some of the comments here say that going to the bathroom now takes half the period. I would imagine it Because imagine for a moment, you're talking about a high school where you've got 1,300 kids. Now, that's on the smallish side for high schools. It's not huge. Uh, But it's still a lot of kids. And there's a good chance there's going to be a handful of people at any given time that might have to go to the bathroom. Now, I don't know how many people can fit in this visitor's bathroom, but if it's But the idea is is to prevent uh, people from fighting in it, then therefore... um, It's going to be one at a time. It's got to be one at a time, otherwise the locking the door wouldn't make any difference. Right. So, 
if you leave class and walk all the way to the office and find out there's two kids in front of you, well, now you have to wait until they're done with their number ones and twos before you're able to go in and go to the bathroom. So if you have to go real bad, sorry. Uh, and then by the time you get back to class, hope you weren't taking a test. Yeah. Or doing something else important. You know, if somebody's got a very uh, important gastrointestinal uh, issue going on, um, there's going to be some accidents. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see a little civil disobedience on this one. Oh, God. Maybe some kids getting out into uh, to the middle of the field together and just going where they need to go. That'd be an interesting little experiment. Well, let's go to your Shutter phone calls, to though. Talk to Todd in Michigan. Well, if you got to go, you got to go. Todd in Michigan, you're on Free Talk Live. Todd, Michigan, going once. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, um, well, I've been listening to your uh, your your discussion about the public schools and this lockdown, the bathroom nonsense, and yeah. I will tell you, uh, I am not surprised that this is really happening in the United States of America. That uh, these um, that, that these schools, particularly the one that you were mentioning. Locking down a bathroom, uh, especially during class time. Um, I mean, it, it was bad enough that you had to raise your hand to go use the bathroom. Right. Or, um, now you're not even allowed to use the bathroom, even when you have to go. I mean, wh- what do they expect you to do? Go outside and actually, uh, you know, tinkle behind a tree or something? Well, I mean, that might get you a sex offense. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem there. I mean, uh, what was you know, it like in the in the Soviet Union when uh, the Soviet kids were going to school? How, how what was the process like then? I'm just curious. Not that you know, Todd, but I'm just asking rhetorically. Well, I mean, it, it, it does, I mean, I remember when I was going to uh, Anchor Bay uh, back in my old school days. Um, you, you had to raise your hand if you wanted to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water. Uh, you had to get a pass. There were hall monitors um, in my high school, and you better have you better have a legitimate excuse mm-hmm. um, if you're out of your classroom. And that's exactly what it was. So unless you had, um, you know, a, a lot of times even even when you didn't even show up for class or even for school, you better ha- have a legitimate excuse. Otherwise, um, you know, you are basically in trouble. But. You know, it, it just goes back to the whole concept of this whole public school nonsense. I mean, it, it, it just boggles my mind. Right. It's clear that education is not the priority for these bureaucrats, and control is. And getting kids used to being controlled and getting them used to asking for permission for every yeah. single little thing that they want to do. Because, really, I mean, it's like, you know, in real life, you have to, have to ask mommy government for permission if you want to put some new windows in your house. You have to ask mommy government for permission uh, if you want to drive from point A to point B. So, you know, they're, they're just preparing kids for for real life, where they have to ask mommy government for almost everything. Oh, they can never prepare kids for real life. I mean, even though that's their touted claim, it's just never going to happen. I mean, uh, the fact of the matter is, most of these kids who are graduating from the schools um, have basically very low um, reading comprehension and and math comprehension levels. Uh, In fact, a couple of years ago, uh, the Detroit Public School ranked last on the top 50 uh, federal school districts. You want to know what the graduation rate for Detroit was, according to USA Today? Uh, 35%. No, 21.7%. Wow. That's 21.7% actually graduated? Uh, according to the poll, uh, the <sighs> USA Today poll that they conducted <laughs> on the top 50 school districts, Detroit came last. 
dead uh, last. Maybe they all had to go to the bathroom and got kicked out because they uh, decided to leave the class. Because back in my day, uh, even though you had to ask permission to leave to go to the bathroom, if you just got up and left, at least there would be an open bathroom for you to go to. Like if the, the teacher yep. was being a jerk and you just wanted to tell him off and leave and go to the bathroom anyway, you could do that. Now you can't. They've locked them off. Yeah, and uh, luckily, even in those days, uh, if you did anything that would actually tick off um, the, the, the instructor, um, you could probably land yourself into detention. But, but um, Now also, you're going to be a terrorist. I wanted to call was because, um, did you hear that my governor decided uh, to um, uh, include more state money for our colleges, which goes into further into the public school nonsense because um, she's uh, demanding that the colleges hold tuition increases to the inflation rate, even if it means dipping into the state's private endowments just to cover the costs. Mm, So if you're going to college, (laughs) uh, say adios to um, any other uh, private endowments that you may have. Um, Well, hopefully these new rules won't be expanding out to colleges soon. Heaven forbid uh, some kids get in a fight at a college, all of a sudden they'll have a crackdown and no uh, no bathroom privileges for them. Just it's oh, just yeah. not so. Todd, thanks yeah. for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate your story. No problem, man. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So now instead of asking your prison guards, your teachers in the class, you have to go to the warden's office to get permission to go to bath the bathroom in, in government high school. Or at least in Fayette County. Yeah, when I was in prison at the uh, you know, you during count time you did have to ask to use the bathroom. But uh, you know, most of the time you didn't. One eight hundred counted us fourteen times a day. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's it's very, uh, it's very illuminating to take a look at some of the comparisons between government prisons and government schools. It really is. I mean, the buses look the same. <laughs> the schools have an awfully similar appearance to them. In fact, where where I grew up in Sarasota, Florida, I actually found out at one point that the schools that were built in the nineteen fifties. That the schools were designed by the same exact architect that designed the prison. No so, surprise there. I, <laughs> really, it's like prison for kids, but they only stay there for eight hours a day instead of 24-7. 800-259-9231. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features we give away if you like the show and you want to help support us, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. It is that simple. Uh, in fact, I got the numbers back from November, and we pulled in over $1,000 in commissions from Amazon sales. So that's something like hundreds and hundreds of items being sold. I mean, you know, I think I, I checked this month's statistics a few days ago, or uh, January statistics, and I think we had about 500 items that went out the door in the month of January. So you guys are buying all kinds of different things, and there are 41 categories of products. So if there's something you're looking to buy... Odds are very good Amazon sells. In fact, they have used items, too. So a percentage of your sale goes to Free Talk Live if you start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now, we've been talking about uh, the government schools and some of their absurd new rules, and I want to get back into that and tie it into how these absurdities can affect 
our lives as adults. But first, we need to continue with uh, our, your phone calls. Elliot is on the line in Ohio. Elliot, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, not much, man. I just kind of want to let people know about Ron Paul. Well, we're well aware about Ron Paul. What about him? Uh, did you know that uh, Rudy Giuliani, right before he uh, left the uh, race, he actually said Ron Paul won all of the debates? Yeah, I heard about that. That was pretty uh, un- unexpected, I would have to say. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Well, he sort of said, um, you know, he was saying something nice about everybody, and then I guess, you know, um, that was the thing he said that was nice about Ron Paul. It's just that uh, That's a nice it was unexpected. Though. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. Uh, did you see uh, the Democratic debates last night? <clears throat> Hell no. Hell no. Yeah, I, don't I, don't, like the, I don't watch either of the debates. I don't only, like to get lied to. Yeah, the only thing I watch is the Ron Paul excerpts from the Republican debates. I will never watch a full uh, full debate at all, ever. Oh, I totally feel you on that. I just like to watch it just to like, truly see the lies. It amuses me. Sure, just sure, I understand. Like, you know, I mean, Clinton totally, like, uh, you know uh, you know the Bilderberg group, right? Nope, I don't know them. Never met them. Have you? I, I hear they're around. Well, there, it's the... Uh, like the most elite society of uh, people, like I'm talking Rockefeller, Rothschild, they funded it since uh, World War II, mm-hmm. started by an, uh, an ex-Nazi supporter, uh, a prince, a Dutch prince, and I totally forget his name, but okay. this group meets every two years, and it's an invite only, and like the most elite of the elite come, and they'll invite either their elite friends or they'll invite the people that they want to be their puppets. The Clintons being like a big one. You know, like I for one welcome our uh, banking elite masters. <laughs> <laughs> so what about yeah, these the guys, huh? What about them? <laughs> well, like check it out. I mean, in '91 they invite Bill Clinton to the Bilderberg Group, and uh, I, I want to say they were in Istanbul, Turkey. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but Next year, he becomes president. Now, in 2005, Hillary went to the Bilderberg Group in Munich, Germany. Now, that's hmm. for sure. She totally broke the Logan Act. No one is, like, uh, even trying to try her on that. And she's explaining, because um, there's mold, you see, within this uh, group that actually will disseminate the information, which is totally secretive and not supposed to get out. They will disseminate it to certain people, which will who will then, like, tell more people, more people, and try to get the information out there so that this whole world does not become, you know, just one big cashless society, which is what they want. They, they said to her... One big what kind of society? The cashless society. Cashless like, society? The cashless society in 1984, in a sense. Okay. Well, I, I, you know, I suppose that they could uh, have money inside of little accounts and that kind of thing, but... So you're saying that uh, the Bilderbergers have uh, this this evil, secretive, select group of elitists has selected uh, Hillary Clinton for the next presidency. Is that what you're getting at? Absolutely. Just like they did with her husband back in 91. She went in 05. They even, they even said they would drop the uh, – they would bring back the economy to, like, the very late 98-99 model of our economy. Remember how everyone kind of liked it, you know, it was decent enough, right? No, I have no idea what you're so talking is, about. So is that a prediction that you're making, uh, that, the, in fact, the, the economy will um, improve? The economy will improve back to 99 levels. Is right. what now, how are they going to do that exactly? Saying. I mean, how is it that a bunch of people sitting in a hotel somewhere can do that? Because these people, like, I'm talking, like, uh, uh, CEOs of, like, oil companies. I'm talking IMF execs, world bankers, Federal Reserve, uh, 
You know the Texas. You know the Texas. I understand. Governor? I understand that uh, you know very elite people go to this group. I understand, and I'm not denying to you that this group exists. They absolutely do. Uh, but I just want to know how you think that a bunch of elite people sitting around in a hotel can have an effect on the economy as far as whether or not it gets better. Okay. How about this one? Well, check out our Federal Reserve. Our Federal Reserve mm-hmm. yeah. was created by J.P. Morgan, Roth. Rothschild, sure, sure. Rothschild. We we understand that the Federal Reserve prints money and thereby Absolutely. inflates the uh, the money supply, thereby uh, just throwing Stealing off. Us. Stealing they us. steal our money uh, through the inflation process. It creates the business cycle. Uh, the Federal Reserve is bad news. So unless the Bilderbergers are going to get rid of the Federal Reserve, there's no way they can save the economy. Like it just keeps getting worse year after year. You understand that, right? Because the Federal Reserve oh, yeah, definitely they keep they just keep printing money out of thin. So thin what are you what are you, you know? suggesting they're going to do to stop that? Are are the Federal Reserve people just going to all of a sudden stop doing that? I assume. In all honesty, I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, I can tell you for, I can tell you 100 percent for sure. The Federal Reserve's number one priority is to continue inflating the currency, and it's they're not going to stop doing that. And I'm sorry uh, that you know these people may be influential, they may be able to pull pull strings and pull levers, but uh, yeah, as long as they keep inflating the money supply and c- continuing to meddle in the uh, the American economy, it's not going to improve. Exactly, and I don't. But see you just exactly said it was going to get better. Hold on, isn't John McCain um, a, one of, a member of one of these groups too? It would seem like uh, he's a, he's a, in the CFR, I think. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, is isn't he? You're, you're claiming that he's part of this Bilderberger group. I I don't know anything about. Wait, him. is McCain in the Bilderbergers or not? I don't believe McCain has been ever invited to the Bilderberg group. But you wouldn't know. know for sure, right? Because the moles they release whatever information they can, but they don't get exactly. all of the information out. They don't get all the information, but they try to uh, release the list of the invites as much as possible. Like, we know for sure George H.W. Bush was invited uh, both to, uh, no, it was Clinton was invited to both, all three of the big ones, Trilateral Commission, and he was on you think there's any chance? the CFR, he's got the Bill of Berg. Now, you think there's any chance that they release, that, that actually it's the Bilderberg group itself releasing this information so that you're, um, you know, like on a cold trail? Misinformation. In fact, yeah, in fact, uh, something much, much more nefarious is going on? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I wouldn't want to. Get, I wouldn't want to go so far as to think they're trying to uh, provide disinformation or try to like trick anybody. Why here. not? Like, uh, well, because like that. That's how these people work. It's through pure secret. It's through pure secret. It's just how like any like secret society. That's what they like, want you to down. believe, my friend. <laughs> that's what they want you to believe. In fact, what they work through is disinformation. You know, I find this. In, you know, I find this interesting. It is very intriguing. The idea that these elite people uh, they meet for this little meeting once every two years, and then they, uh, you know, every other year they go off to some secret grove in the middle of uh, California and they sacrifice uh, owls or something. You think uh, they'd go to they Tahiti call or something? Christians, yet they practice the pagan ritual of the cremation. Well, the care. Christian. Have always borrowed the pagans' rituals. Uh, that's just oh, sort yeah, of a the historical old religion. thing. The uh, old religion, all religions stem from. Like, but I, you know, I find this all drug. very, very interesting. But that's about it. I mean, it's just oh, okay. Look, the elitists—they get together, they party, they hang out, they do things. They're in control. It really is not relevant to what we're doing today. And when I say we, I mean us here uh, on this show and the liberty movement in general, of which I'm not sure if you're a part of or not. Uh, but it seems to me that to advance liberty in our life. Time we need to be doing real boots on the ground activism instead of just talking about what the elites are doing. Does that make sense to you? 
Oh, no, absolutely. But you have to understand how these people work. They created the Federal Reserve, which has fucked our country. Whoa, we can't let you get away with that. 800-259-9231. I have to agree with the sentiment, but, yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, can't do it. Yeah, you don't need to understand how they work. You can, uh, you can understand the Federal Reserve and how it works, but you don't really need to understand who's the board members of the Federal Reserve and where they go to party. I don't really think that's relevant. But it seems as though that the people like him, and I don't, I'm not saying it's necessarily him, but there are some people that are just obsessed with this. They're obsessed with it to the point that that's what they spend their entire time in their free, you know, their free time doing is traveling around, following the elites, you know, viewing them from binoculars, watching what they're doing, as though it has any bearing on advancing the message of freedom right. and getting uh, uh, moving well, forward. I can I can explain to someone how the Federal Reserve works and how it uh, steals your money. I can do that inside of a few, give me ten minutes. I like likely can make a very good case. This whole Bilderberg thing, um, man. Trying to convince someone of that, I think it's just, you're just going to turn them off in some in, in many cases. Some people are going to be, uh, you know, all for it. But it's not as though it's unbelievable. I mean, certainly elites have been in search of power for a long, long time. But they're always changing. They're, you know, new elites coming in, old elites going out. Who cares who's behind the scenes? What I care about is freedom, liberty, and opposing big government. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. So do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Rolling right into your phone calls. Uh, we will talk to Teddy in San Francisco. You're on Free Talk Live. Teddy. Teddy. Oh, it's Tony in San Francisco. Tony. It's Teddy now, hey, soldier. how's it going, guys? Hey, I going great. Somebody what's... else from San Francisco. No, what's on that your mind, That would be sir? weird because we don't have any radio stations out here that play any GCN programming. So it's a heavy amount of censorship going on out here, in my opinion. Well, anyway, I don't know if that's necessarily uh, that's censorship. There are individual program directors that make decisions based on all a variety of factors as to what to put on their shows. So, uh, well, or their, yeah. their stations. You, know, you could be, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not necessarily saying there's some kind of conspiracy uh, going on there. But uh, did you guys hear that uh, there's a verdict on the Wesley Snipes case? Yep, reported it right at the top of the program tonight. Uh, he has been found not guilty on the felony charges of tax, uh, what, conspiracy and fraud. To commit tax But fraud. he uh, was found guilty on three misdemeanor charges of uh, failure to file. Yeah, what do you think about the uh, legal implications of him being uh, only convicted on failing to file a tax return and then his co-defendants, an accountant and a tax protest leader found guilty of tax fraud and conspiracy. What, what's that all about? Well, I think that as likely his uh, celebrity parlayed him into uh, you know some luck there, as far as not getting uh, the getting caught up in the the the. the conspiring to defraud the government or whatever it is that mm -hmm. they're claiming. Um, and I don't really think it has any implications for the tax freedom movement. What do you think, Teddy? Or uh, Tony? I don't know what to think. I mean, I'm just reading a, you know, two, uh, two paragraph article. I mean, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, Ed Brown's in uh, prison and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this guy seemed to get off pretty easy. So I, 
you know, I guess I've got to I've got to dive into more research on on this kind of stuff because you know, <clears throat> um, I, I dived into the liberty movement. Uh, uh, you know, I found it through uh, through um, you know watching one of those nine eleven videos. You know, and all this stuff is, you know is I think if you want to if you want to really be of a good effect in this kind of a movement, you really got to be able to start. Uh, doing your own research, and instead of uh, just, you know... I don't understand why research is really that necessary. I mean, once you understand the principle of non-initiation of force, what else do you really need to research? Well, that's true. That's a that's a principle. But, you know, like the guy was talking about uh, the Bilderberg Group, and I think you were saying some things like, you know, well, who cares what the Bilderberg Group uh, says and does? Is yeah, that, is that sort who of cares? Right? Yeah, who cares? Well, I think it's a good reference. Uh, to to have of what they uh, of what they do for me it's kind of just uh, you know like with the Federal Reserve it's like you know I, I always used to wonder well you know why is it always so hard to uh, make it you know and then you know but if there if there's if there's some sort of explanation as to okay well maybe somebody's doing this on purpose that uh, I mean it doesn't completely absolve me of responsibility to figure out how to you know pay the rent and pay the bills and stuff like that. I'm just saying that uh, you know there is um, help me out some kind of uh, you know somebody's turning the tables a little bit. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming. Well, from. I don't know that they're turning them for any conspiratorial um, reason other are. than um, trying to make a bunch of money. What they're trying to do is steal as much money as they can without crashing the economy down around all of our ears. They just want to get as much as they can and not get well, caught. Well, now, now the people it seems that, to me. Now, hold on, Mark. The people that will study these uh, these these elite folk will point out to you that they already have all the money they could possibly want. That what they're after is power. But well, yeah, that's. I mean, uh, well, that, that's a, but that's a, that's an opinion, based on you know what what they've read. Now, there's uh, there's people that say that uh, that they did this on purpose in 1929, um, you know, with the Great Depression and what the, and apparently from the things that I've read on the Federal Reserve and the money system is all they have to do is increase the money supply when they want to create prosperity, and then when they want to uh, create, you know, not. I guess anti-prosperity is all they do is they call in all the old loans. And yeah, don't no, give it's new not ones. that simple. It's not that simple. When you well, increase the money supply, either. I don't know, because I, because I, I, I kind of don't really understand how uh, just inflating the money supply creates inflation. I mean, I that's, read <laughs> that is inflation. That no, is okay, inflation. you're confused. Let me lay this out for okay, you because it's re- it's real simple. Uh, and this is the problem: is that people spending their time researching the Bilderbergers instead of understanding the realities of uh, of what's going on around us. Inflation, as its definition, is an increase in the money supply. What you're talking about is an increase in prices. An increase, which in, we're sort of told is what inflation is, but it's not. Right. In an increase in prices is nothing more than a symptom. of of the increase in the money supply because not everything it necessarily increases in prices when you inflate the money supply because the marketplace is constantly working to increase efficiency and lower costs and so that's why for instance you can buy a, a bottle of uh, you know 20 ounce bottle of alcohol rubbing alcohol for less today than you could 20 years ago uh, because that's the marketplace right. is, is working very hard to keep those prices down but the fact is when the uh, the Federal Reserve puts a bunch of money into the economy just think about it like this let's let's pretend as though there's only only a thousand dollars out there, uh, and you've got 
all thousand of them for whatever reason. You're very, very wealthy. You have all this money. Then the Federal Reserve decides they're going to print out another thousand dollars. What just happened to your thousand? Uh, well, it. Well, okay, but I don't know. No, what happened to the thousand? Okay. I want to make sure you get it. I've read that stuff. Okay, what the thousand just for those who are listening, your thousand dollars becomes worth half as much of what it was before, and that's what's happening to all of us when we have our money in uh, in our savings accounts, in our CDs, in our investments, wherever it is we have our money. We can't keep up with inflation. As long as inflation is at a rate that's higher than the interest rates we're getting, we're behind the ball, uh, and so the federal government just keeps printing this money out, which makes our money worth less and less, and therefore. You have to spend more of that worthless money to buy the same items you might have bought ten years ago. Okay, not but now, what about uh, what, what about Guernsey as a model? Guernsey is a is a country that uh, that they 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 have debt free notes. And uh, I read a paragraph. It was just a paragraph on the internet, uh, but I think it was a quote from the book Debt Virus that said that they increased the money supply by fifty percent, and inflation didn't occur. Now, from what you're saying, inflation is different from Right. Whatever out. book you read does not understand what inflation is. They're taking the uh, the sort of uh, misinformed version of inflation, which says that inflation is an increase in prices, which which is not true. Inflation is an increase in the money supply. So they inflated their money supply by 50%. That's what happened. Prices will go up eventually as you inflate the money supply. That's that's inevitable. Well, that's a possibility because that's uh, but I don't know. That's an old quote. And I haven't been. I've never been to Guernsey, but uh, you know, at the time that I never said, heard of Guernsey. The price. Uh, well, uh, Guernsey is a small island off the coast of France in the English Channel, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they're one of the only countries in the world that has debt-free notes. And I'm not sure what time, that means exactly. What, that, what, what does that mean? Yeah, debt-free note. Okay, What's that mean? debt-free notes. Okay, the way the Federal Reserve prints money is uh, they ask uh, the Federal Reserve to put out uh, what are those. Uh, government bonds, interest-bearing government bonds, and then it comes back, uh, you know, and then they, then they authorize the Treasury to print the money. So that's, so we're paying interest on money that, you know, Lincoln just printed the money. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. So what is it they do differently there? They just print we it out we, instead we, of the fancy little... We don't pay little... interest on it. That's the difference right there. We don't pay interest on that money. And that's, what, that's part of what creates the national debt. You're saying Guernsey doesn't pay interest on they the money. They don't pay interest. Well, they can still steal um, value. They've been doing that for hundreds of years. Well, they can still they still steal value from um, right. the average citizen of Guernsey, which I um, don't know if it still exists. Well, it, it sounds to me like by you know, it, by uh, that, that, they I mean, steal the value. Let me let me explain. They steal the value by printing the money itself. Right. Perhaps they aren't robbed in the uh, in the fact that there's no interest on the notes, but there's still the the theft of value occurring. What it sounds like is happening there, Tony, and and thanks for the call tonight, but what it sounds like is happening there is that in Guernsey, and this is me just going on what he said, uh, it sounds like Guernsey is doing the printing itself. The government of Guernsey is doing the printing, whereas here in America, there's this private corporation known as the Federal Reserve that's doing the printing, and in return for printing out the money for the government to use, they get paid interest. Does that make sense? Mm. Yep. That's exactly Thanks for the what's call, happening. dude. 800-259-9231. So important for people to understand what inflation really means. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Dan, Jeff, your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. Talk 
Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there... We give away, and they include the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts for you to surf around through. Lots to talk about, serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The Federal Reserve is stealing your purchasing power. It's time for you to inflation-proof your money. Get America's second most popular currency, the the Liberty Dollar. 100% backed and 100% redeemable in gold and silver. Go to libertydollar.org, stop using their money, and start using the Liberty Dollar. Return America to value, $1 at a time. That's libertydollar.org. 800-259-9231. Continuing here with your phone calls, uh, let's talk to Dan in New Hampshire. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hello, hey guys. Dan. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I was going to tell you a story about the... But you kind of uh, strayed from that subject about bathroom issues in school. <laughs> well, you can talk about anything, Dan. It's Free Talk Live. Yeah, is that true? Yeah. This was kind of wild back in 1956. I was four years old, and my parents, you know, since I was a precocious kid, thought I might be ready for uh, kindergarten. And I went to George Washington Elementary School mm. in uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, and I was in there with this, this woman teacher, and I was a curious little kid, and and they told me when we all marched to the bathroom, I mean, this is an old building with high ceilings and, you know, pretty intimidating kind of for most uh, four-year-olds. But okay. <clears> the <throat> fact is is that we went to the bathroom, and she pointed at this one stall over there and said, oh, you can't use that stall. It's out of order. We, you know. And I said, well, geez, I wonder what that's about. So I went into the stall next to it and mm-hmm. climbed underneath, went into the the forbidden stall okay <laughs> and went ahead and used it and got myself out of there and they of course figured it out and and their punishment for me was i didn't get to use the bathroom for the rest of the day and On punishment? You know, four years old is kind of a that could be serious. difficult yeah, yeah you got yeah, a small I mean, bladder like you know how long ago before that was the old potty training uh episode not you know? too like, long before Exactly. It's like, you know, and 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 here I am in this whole, you know, it wasn't a huge class, but I mean, there was plenty of my, you know, contemporaries around me, and and I had to pee my pants right in the middle of the floor. Yeah, it's, you it did? seems wait, like wait, wait. Did it you? seems like they um, they didn't sentence you to not being able to use the bathroom, but in fact sentenced your teacher to having to clean it up. Well, so you did end up peeing on the floor. Uh, well, I, no, I didn't whip it out, and I wish I had. But, but yeah, would have been less of a mess for you. That kind of, uh, you know, you know, uh, chutzpah, I guess, at the time. Well, and, the, uh, the sad thing is, this isn't an uncommon story. I, I saw something similar. I mean, it didn't happen to me personally, but I saw right. it happen when I was in second grade. There was a uh, a little girl that uh, was in my class who wanted to go to the bathroom. I don't know if it was during a test or whatever the issue was, but the teacher, for whatever reason, did not want to allow that. And it was a matter of minutes later when uh, <laughs> she had a puddle of urine in her chair. I mean, this is it's sick. It is sick, and it's it really the uh, just the height sick. of authoritarianism. And, and, you know, I, I you know I, I credit that in in uh, in my experience when I was nine year old nine years old in uh, military school with a sadist who was responsible for us younger kids in that school. Uh, 
you know, for, for really getting the picture that just because you have reached the age of, uh, you know, 21 or older or 30 or 40 or whatever the frig it is, that, that, that doesn't mean you're, you've, you've actually become responsible and, and a decent person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, if more, uh, when you're dealing with a situation with an authoritarian teacher that won't allow her kids or students to go to the bathroom, there's nothing that a parent can do about that. You can't pull your kids out of the government school because you're forced by law to send them there, unless, of course, you happen to be able to afford the, uh, the private schools that might be in the area. Uh, so there's no way that you can use your power as a consumer to... To put up a, you know, to complain to the administrators and, and have the policy changed or have the, the teacher reprimanded, there's not a damn thing that parents can do about this beyond complain about it, and that won't do wait anything. A, well, wait a minute. What about homeschooling? Well, there's, of course, there are the alternative options. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I, you know, I personally, I think that that is the is the model of the future. I, 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 I see, you know, sending your child off. In my case, at four years old, and then I ended up repeating kindergarten mm. <laughs> because we moved to a different jurisdiction, and and of course the fact that I had, you know, I you know, endured the the kindergarten once already in uh, in down in Ohio was you know not enough that I should move on to the first grade, so I did it again. The the fortunate thing was that uh, you know I can remember Mrs. Shoemaker from that period of time. Way that freak back there, and she was a decent, decent human being. And that, well, that experience was an improvement over the previous one. But uh, the fact is, is that you know that that still, I mean, you know, here a we traumatizing are, experience. Over fifty years later, and I'm still, you know, remembering that incident. Oh as man. Dan, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Well, homeschooling, um, which is what I intend to do with, with my son um, when the time comes, is uh, it's a great alternative. Sure it is. But And, and it allows a family to save on you know expensive uh, private school um, costs on top of the taxes that you pay to run the public school that you're not using, which is just uh, completely unfair to families that are struggling hard to make ends meet. And it, mm-hmm. it's wrong. But... It, it does require that at least one of the parents be home to, you know, take care of and, and school the child. Sure, and, and I, I absolutely agree that homeschooling is very effective, and it certainly is something that parents should consider. I don't know if I agree with Dan that it's the wave of the future. I think that uh, the future, if we can finally get rid of government schools, would be a variety of different things, a whole bunch of different options. Could be homeschooling, could be learning online, could be very small local schools, could be charity schools, could be business, uh, all kinds of different educational opportunities would open up were we to allow the marketplace to actually do it 100% of the time instead of having the government take control of it. And uh, and ruin our uh, our educational opportunities for our kids. We continue with your phone calls. Let's talk to Elmer, listening to WJML in Petoskey. You're on Free Talk Live, Elmer. Gentlemen, long time since I talked to you. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, not much. The last call I could elaborate. I'm a school employee, you know that, but that's not why I called. But I agree <laughs> with you that schools are too powerful. So, no, I'm talking about the uh, government stimulus package. I mean, you know, I only get you guys the last hour, or so mm. in Petoskey, so I don't can't keep in the loop with you guys. I don't have internet here. You guys do get the, uh, the full Saturday show, though, as I understand it. No, no, I, I haven't heard not you guys on the full Saturday show. Really? I'll have to call Rick and see what's going on with that. Yeah, I thought we were on call, call Rick, yep. Rick Stone, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you know, you know, like I say, I'm out of the loop with you guys, but I don't feel, to me, I don't feel government should have to bail us out. When you say bail us out, what oh, do you mean? Well, by offering, uh, by offering everybody this 
six to twelve hundred dollars per person. You know, married couple stuff like that. Oh, that's not a bailout, Elmer. It's going to work just like uh, uh, it's going to work just like it did back in two thousand one. Essentially, what they're doing is a shell game. They're oh, yeah, giving, they're cutting a check. And mm-hmm. then it's going to be taken out of your uh, your re- your return for next it's year. It's just an advance on your. Uh, That's y- exactly right, you know. And people people have to live within the means because when you look at a an, an armed mortgage or you know going out and you know you look at this package. Okay, I'm a single person. I guess that's hundred bucks. So what? I go out and buy a big screen TV. I want you to talk about of- it more in a moment here, Elmer. Hang on, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. It is free talk live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com, including the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festivals, better known as Porkfest, June 9th through the 15th this year at Porkfest. You'll be able to see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live, as well as meet hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Learn more at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We go back to Elmer in Michigan, the uh, Petoskey area, listening on WJML. Uh, Elmer, you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, you were making a point about uh, these tax uh, so-called, what are they calling them? Advances? Tax stimulus package. Oh, right, right. Rebates, basically, is what they uh, supposedly mm-hmm. are, I guess. But the, the government's pretending like they're a check. Like, the government's pretending like they're just cutting you a check, but in fact what they're doing is they're advancing they, you money on your next year's tax return. They have to get it back return. somewhere else, yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's actually a, a portion of your earned income tax credit um, that you get on your tax form. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're reducing that. And it really is, you know, that that in and of itself is welfare because, um, you know, that that package is is a rebate that you get off your taxes. You you said a very important word when it comes to government welfare. It's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Because where's the control? But you were going to make a point about a big screen, and we were going to break, so I wanted to make sure you had a chance to get that out. Okay, now, as I started to say, okay, I'm a single person. You give me 600 bucks. Okay, so I'm I'm in a bad state of Michigan. We get a a high foreclosure rate. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's going to say that I can't go out and buy a big screen TV instead of bailing my butt out to prevent foreclosure? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's not stopping anything. Well, no, it, it's just again. It helps it's a shell the businesses game. when you uh, give, uh, you know, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to give the uh, extra, you know, make sure that the the lowest classes uh, get, you know, the the full check, which you know. Yeah, they, but it's not the lowest classes that pay. The burden of the Absolutely tax true, and they are generally the ones that are going to make the worst economic uh, choices because that's why they're poor. That's why they're poor. I mean, that is very true because it's not the low-income people that that really, really support the country because their decisions are not up to par. Well, they support uh, the country in that they're buying a lot of cigarettes and alcohol. Well, and, uh, well, because I mean, that's there's another government mandate because the government taxes are way too high on that kind of stuff. 
By the way, Elmer, as an aside, I did go to WJML.com, our affiliate in your area, and we are listed for Saturday nights for the full three hours from 7 to 10 o'clock at night. So maybe it's sports. They haven't caught them yet. They've always got something else on. It's probably sports. I know the station does sports, and if sports is on, we get preempted. That's just the uh, the cross we have to bear. It's too bad because, I mean, I enjoy listening to you guys. You know, I mean... You know, I mean, even though I don't agree with you guys, I mean, I enjoy listening to you guys. You know, and I, you know, this first time I called in since, oh, geez, probably way last summer. So, well, there's a number of stations that carry us uh, during the week, uh, during the weeks, uh, like like WJML. Uh, well, that, I only that, got, I can only get two AM stations here, but right, and they they take only a <laughs> fraction of the show. They take an hour, and that's fine with mm-hmm. us. You know, if the station can only take an hour, we'll let. That, we'd rather have an hour than zero. Uh, oh, so I that, agree. I, that's I, the and idea. I enjoy you guys. But I I, what I want to say here is that uh, we're up against some pretty heavy competition in the form of Michael Savage. No, but in, he's gone. At, he's gone at nine o'clock here in Michigan. Yeah, I, I realize. You follow that. him. Yeah, you're. you're yeah, I agree with you guys. But the yeah. trick is, Michael Savage has got like 300 radio stations, and he's <laughs> yeah. Just... But even though I, I, I will say I listen to Savage, but I, I believe in what you guys say is the freedom of speech that we can listen to what we want to, we can preach what we believe in, but everybody should be allowed to speak their mind and be able to debate what they believe in. That's what Free Talk Live's all about. Elmer, thanks Thank for the call much. tonight, sir. 800-259-9231. My point about bringing up the, the name of our uh, major competitor, uh, Savage, is that uh, it's not going to be an easy task for Free Talk Live to unseat him, if you will. Mm. I mean, there are only so many nighttime shows out there, and, you know, he is the big boy when it comes to nighttime radio. Uh, and so trying to encroach upon his territory is, is going to be challenging. And what it's going to require, of course, is Free Talk Live to become more popular, uh, to get more people that are listening to the station right now, if you're listening to us on a radio station, uh, to contact your station. Thank them, to put, thank them for putting Free Talk Live on the air uh, during the week and ask them to expand the show. Say, tell them you really like it and you can't stand that Michael Savage and that you want to hear more Free Talk Live. I mean, if they're taking three hours of Savage and one hour of Free Talk Live, I don't know, maybe you can convince them to do two and two. You know, get a little you know, a little, little more foot in the door, if you will. We're certainly the opposite. Yeah, it's like uh, we're like the anti-Savage. Uh, I can't stand that guy. 800-259-9231, so we're your antidote after his show's done. Uh, we continue here with your calls. Let's talk to Jeff in Reno, and of course not all of our stations air Savage. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, guys, I just wanted to call in and tell you that... I'm you're not doing... in Reno. Oh, yes, I am. I thought you were in Colorado. Oh, no, I was in Colorado, then I went to California, then I came to Nevada. Well, did you know you can, you know you can listen to us in Reno, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, KBZZ airs us from 8 to 11 o'clock at night during the weeknights there, so uh, tune into 1270 if you're in Reno. What's on your mind tonight, Jeff? Yeah, I've been doing some serious reorganization with my political blogs on U.S. government corruption and cover-ups, exposing our broken government, and I want to talk about full government disclosure. And what I mean by that is, of course, you can just do a simple Google search and type in two words, Renegade Movement, which is my political blog, and I have to agree with you guys and, uh, on some certain points, but I do believe that uh, someone putting out um, a website or a blog or even talk radio, that uh, information is valuable to listeners and people that get on the Internet because I think that that's the first step, the first process of informing people. And the second process, I think, is something I uh, just updated my blog with is a movement. And I wanted to point out that I think that that's the government's worst fear, like the civil rights movement. Oh, yeah. And when you organize 
10 to 20 million people, you know, like the Mexicans did a couple of years ago or a year ago, whenever it was, uh, with little effort, I might add, and to get their points and concerns across to the government. And I think that all Americans need to organize 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million people shaking their fists, demanding change, uh, to reform our broken government. I think that that is what it's going to have to take because I wanted to make this point. I've been calling Congress and, and hollering, kicking, and screaming for several years. Yeah, what and, it really it has, and it really hasn't done any good. Right. And, but the information that I'm putting out, I think, is doing some good because it's informing people that may not be aware of what our government is doing. I have to agree, Jeff, with your, gen- your general sentiment. May not, may not agree with all the specifics, but generally I agree that people should get informed about liberty and free themselves, free their minds, and then the next step absolutely should be the movement, as you described, is taking action. And whatever that means, it may not mean necessarily shaking your fist in the air, it may mean writing a letter to the editor, it may mean running for office, it may mean doing civil disobedience. Whatever it means for you, is uh, it, it, the important point is that you should do something in order to advance change. liberty in our lifetime. Yeah, demanding change, and I well, there's think more that... than it's more than just demanding because you can get a million people to go walk on uh, in Washington D.C. and wave signs and chant, and the politicians are going to look out the window and laugh at you. Uh, well, demands no, won't think... get you anywhere. What you have well, to do is just enact the change that you want to see in life. Be the change, if you will, as uh, Gandhi, I think, put it. Be the change that you wish to see, and that may mean civil disobedience. That may mean literally breaking the laws that uh, that you think deserve to be broken as. Uh, as Martin exactly. Luther King would have as done. Bush has done, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks it, for the call tonight. We appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231. Uh, let's continue. This one's Mark in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Mark. Mark in Indianapolis. Hey, Indi- you guys there? Hey, yes, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, not much. I was just bringing up, uh, I was at a couple um, kind of uh, gatherings with friends, and I was telling them, and some of the people there, you know, they're about college age or so, and they uh, a few of them do drugs, and I was telling them about Barry Cooper's Never Get Busted. Yes. And um, they were just stunned. They were like, wow, what is this? And I told them who he was, and they checked out the website. A few of them were like, no, this is, because uh, they've been doing, you know, drugs for a while, and, uh, you know, the dealings and all that stuff that go along with it. And they're like, yeah. this is too good to be true. It's got to be a parody or something like oh, that. Oh, he, he is that good. Hang on. We'll bring you back, talk more about Barry and Never Get Busted. In fact, he's coming out with a new video, Never Get Raided. I saw a segment from it last night. It's on Barry's YouTube channel at the moment, Never Get Busted, the YouTube channel, uh, which you can get to from NeverGetBusted.com. We'll come back with more in your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoying the show? Want to help us out a little bit? Then buy some stuff. And you'll look good at the same time. Free Talk Live branded T-shirts and hats, hoodies. We've got all kinds of different products, including the Free Marketeer flag, Free Talk Live lighter bottle opener combo, and more. All at store.freetalklive.com. And as a matter of fact, we just happen to be talking about Never Get Busted. If you want to get a copy of Never Get Busted, the DVD, for free, you should go to store.freetalklive.com and learn about our special offer that we've got going on right now, store.freetalklive.com. In fact, we go back to Mark in Indianapolis. You're back on Free Talk Live. Now, you said you were hanging out with some friends of yours that uh, have been known to do a little drugs in the past, and you were telling them about Barry Cooper's Never Get Busted. And uh, go ahead with your point. 
Well, yeah, I was just, um, you know, I was telling them uh, how bad the war on drugs has gone. Colossal failure. It's, um, we're paying every day to keep people in jail for no reason. And, um, you know, I was going on and on, and I was getting pretty livid. And uh, they were like, well, why are you so adamant on this? I'm like, it's got nothing to do with drugs. You know, it's, it's a government that's taking the wrong course, taking the turn of tyranny. And I was like, trust me, this is just one area of many. You know that statement, when they came for the not the communists, I remained silent because I wasn't a communist, yes. you know? Pa- Pastor Martin Niemöller in uh, World War II, yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, this is just one of many areas. I was like, government doesn't have hardly any legitimacy to exist, period, much less to tell you what to do with your body. Absolutely. You know, and um, they, asked, they were going off all that, and I kind of got into more ideas of liberty, and I was like, you know, what would you say if someone came to your, um, came to your home, broke down your door, and put a good gun in your head and told you to, you know, told you that you got to give up things of yours and all your hard work and labor. And they're like, what do you mean? I continued on, and I was like, you know, this is where our government's gone. I was like, I can understand maybe a little bit of taxation here and there, but I was like, it's out of control. And the war on drugs is just one of many areas that it is. Sure is. How did they feel about that? Um, well, I was, I was going around about this, and um, I was like, you know, what I believe personally is that you're free to do whatever you want as long as you don't harm someone or their property. And I was like, what do you guys think? And they're like, yeah, sounds like a good idea. And I was like, well, our government doesn't think so. Mm-hmm. They don't think anything like that. And uh, it's up to you guys to be, um, you know, keep, keep up on the news, keep up on what's going on in the world and realizing that we're losing it every day. And I was thinking um, what would be great, kind of something like this in regards to taxation, never get busted to cheating on taxes. Yeah, that's – There's some companies out there that offer those kind of things, but, I, you know, I don't know if I'd uh... – yeah, but who I'd do you trust? Risk my, uh, you know, uh, lively, you know, my uh, right. freedom on it. I, I say uh, I don't advocate cheating on taxes. I just advocate not paying them. Just don't send them anything. Don't don't lie to them. Just don't send them anything. As a matter of fact, it's you know when you when you lie on the tax form, it, that's a uh, you know fraud uh, charge with the government and it's a felony. But if you don't file them, it's just a misdemeanor. So that's what I would recommend. Thanks for the call tonight, Mark. 800-259-9231. By the way, we will have Barry Cooper on the show again uh, to announce his new video, which is coming out soon, Never Get Raided. He's going to be really stepping it up. His first movie focused on keeping the users safe and, you know, keeping, if you're a drug user, a marijuana user, keeping you safe from arrest, thereby avoiding thousands of dollars in legal fees. But his next one's really going to take it to the next level and talk about how to grow marijuana safely how to deal marijuana safely, uh, as well as all kinds of other interesting things. So we'll uh, bring Barry back on the show when it's time for that. 800-259-9231. In fact, you can hear our interview with Barry on the front page of our website right now at freetalklive.com. Just scroll down a little bit and look at our Liberty Forum interviews. He is one of those. Uh, in fact, I, he told me uh, by email, Mark, that he's going to include, I think, uh, some clips from our interview with him at the Liberty Forum on his upcoming Never Get Rated DVD, oh. which is pretty cool. Cool. Uh, so, we continue here with uh, Vince in Indianapolis. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince. Yes. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, not much. I was going to tell you that the uh, you heard uh, quite a bit from Indianapolis about the uh, tax reforms and property tax protests. Right, right, where uh, the uh, Marion County was looking at increasing, or they did increase property taxes by 60%. Uh, yeah. What about it? Well, see, all those property tax reforms... They're supposed to be going on in the state so the counties don't have to charge. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's falling apart. 
So the state government people stepped, they were supposedly going to step in to save you from your city governments? Was that the idea? Yes. Yes, and put the property tax proposals at 1% and business rentals 2%. So what happened? It just, uh, they just, it just died? They didn't really follow through? Well, they didn't like some of the amendments that were added to it, and some were not germane to the bill, but. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you look to government to uh, solve the problems. Maybe they just don't have an understanding yet, but maybe next election cycle they can... Well, yeah, put some of them out on the street, you know? That'll that'll teach them a lesson. Of course, then again, what are you going to choose from, right? You choose from one bad guy versus another bad guy, and it's really, you know, it seems so hopeless sometimes, doesn't it, Vince? It's, it's, you know, I think, you know, people like the Libertarian Party and all that really have a golden opportunity in this state. But they just don't want to do it. I, I don't know. Uh, well, you know, as I understand it, the Indiana Libertarian Party is one of the better Libertarian parties around the country. They're one of uh, they're in relatively good shape. Uh, they're they have a, a decent amount of participants, but again, it's the Libertarian Party, and they just haven't done very much over time. And so, saying they're in great shape isn't really saying very much, and that they haven't been uh, been too able to to affect change. But that could change. I mean, if people got involved, theoretically it could change, although I'm not necessarily a political guy and not necessarily in favor of uh, using the political system. I'm not saying it's a complete uh, waste of time. Vince, thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Uh, here's a quick one for you, because I mentioned it earlier tonight. We talked earlier about how uh, young people at, uh, at certain government high schools have now been prevented from going to the bathroom on their own. They have to go to the office and ask permission to get a key to then use the visitor bathroom. It's one bathroom for the entire high school campus. Nuts. And really, you're just treating people like prisoners. It's not even like you're treating them like children anymore. You're treating them like prisoners. And you just... you. It's just so frustrating when you see these new government rules and regulations coming down. But it's not just the kids. It's not just the high school and middle school elementary kids that are the victims here of these government absurdities. Now, there's a proposal on the table in Mississippi. And this from junkfoodscience.blogspot.com. Normally, I don't talk very much. We don't talk very much about proposed legislation on this show because there's all kinds of absurd, ludicrous proposed legislation out there. And most of it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, most of it doesn't go anywhere. And the stuff that does go somewhere is antithetical to freedom anyway. But this is so ludicrous, I just felt like it had to be mentioned. Because it really is, I think it's going to be a harbinger of things to come, Mark. It has to do with restaurants and obese people. Mm-hmm. According to the blogger, it has actually happened. Lawmakers have proposed legislation that forbids restaurants and food establishments from serving food to anyone who is obese. You're, you're as killing defined me. defined by the state. Where is this? Mississippi. Under this bill, food establishments are to be monitored for compliance under the State Department of Health, and violators will have their business permits revoked. It's House Bill 282. She puts the entire text of it here uh, for those of you that want to read it, and apparently was uh, sponsored by a retired pharmaceutical salesman and a businessman and a pharmacist. Because they know what's best. Right, they know what's best for you. Should this pass, scales might appear, uh, will appear at the doors of restaurants. People with BMIs of 30 or higher won't be allowed to be served. Hold and on. They said a BMI of 30 or higher, which means that the servers and the people behind the counter at these restaurants actually will have to be 
experts um, at choosing, at picking what a person's right. BMI is, or they'll have to administer a electroimpedance uh, fat analyzer right there so that every so that everyone's embarrassed like if you're a BMI of 29 right. you're going to be humiliated right there in front of everybody as you have to be yeah well, at least you'll get your hamburger uh, and to comply with government regulations restaurants will apparently have to keep records of patrons BMIs is this a tongue-in-cheek bill meant to point out how absurd the war on obesity has become? Or do lawmakers actually believe the myths that gluttony is the cause for obesity? I'll and take choice B. And that it's the government's role to force people to eat and live how it deems best. Well, I called the lead author, Representative Myhall, and asked if this was serious legislation or tongue-in-cheek to make a point. He kindly took a moment to answer my question while the legislature was in session. He said that while, regrettably, he doesn't believe the bill will pass... That it is serious. God. He wrote it, he said, because of the urgency of the obesity crisis and the need for government action. He hopes it will call attention to the serious problem of obesity and what it's costing the Medicare system. So yes, this is for real, and the elected officials actually believe this stuff. Nuts. That's so this crazy. Is, this is what's coming. They've already banned trans fat in New York City. They've already mandated in, in Los Angeles that new fast food restaurants cannot be built. This is next. And if not this, something darn close, similar, or worse is all coming soon. When the government deems to tell you what you can and can't eat. We will be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 